Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. In the 30s, there are three teams that dominated the league. New York Giants, Green Bay Packers, and the Bears. And nobody could come close to us. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Who knows, maybe we come out running like wing T or something. Right on cue, Justin Fields to the end zone. With your host, the one and only, Kevin Powell. We're rolling and it's go time. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. I'm Kevin Powell. This is episode number one of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at kpowell720. I am on the radio every afternoon, the actual radio, like AM radio, WGN radio, afternoon sports anchor. You can hear me from 1 to 7. But I did want to just dive into a football podcast this season. I just have too much to say uh, during football season, and I thought it would be fun, uh, something fun to do. So thank you again for listening. The idea of this podcast is one preview podcast and one post-game reaction podcast uh, each week. And then midweek is where I think I'll get a uh, try to get a little more creative with it. There's always going to be Bears content in every episode. The midweek one is where I think I might mix in a little high school football talk, a little college football talk. Uh, we'll see how it goes week to week, but I think that middle of the week podcast is where I'm going to try to do uh, something a little different. But you can always expect at least a preview and a recap of each Bears game. So on this week's episode, I talk with WGN TV's Jared Payton. You know that name. He knows the Bears very well, knows the NFL very well. So I am thankful he was able to join me on this episode. That's coming up. Uh, we'll preview the Bears Rams matchup and talk about the Bears season ahead. Now, before we get to that, I do want to just lay out my thoughts on the Bears quarterback situation because I know everybody has an opinion on it. Start Justin Fields, start Andy Dalton. I know the, uh, the the Bears Twitter can be very vocal about this. I think some just simply want to be more entertained uh, on Sunday and in the early weeks of the season, and they want to see Justin Fields out there. And if the Bears were to have come out and said, we're going to start Justin Fields week one, I wouldn't have entirely been against it. But I haven't been one of these vocal people saying you you have to start Justin Fields week one. How could you bench Justin Fields and start Andy Dalton over your, your top drafted quarterback who you traded up for? Here's why I'm completely fine with the Bears starting Andy Dalton week one. I'm completely fine with it because, one, I don't think most of us have a great grasp on what the Bears are going to be this year. Yes, most people for a Bears record prediction, and from what I've been getting, it's a lot of 8-9s and 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 9-8s and kind of around the 500 mark. And I think that's because a lot of people can see this season going really bad. Maybe they do sneak into the playoffs and exceed expectations. But I think everybody right now is like, what is this defense? Is this defense aging? Does it really start to slip and go south this year? You don't have Kyle Fuller anymore. Danny Trevathan starting the season on physically unable to perform. And then offensively, we don't know what the offense is going to be, and not just at the quarterback position. We just don't know what a Matt Nagy-led offense is going to look like. I guess we kind of do because it's been mostly bad over the past few years. There's been some moments here and there, little pockets of some promising production from the offense. But overall, it hasn't been good. And I wanted to get to a couple cuts here from Ryan Pace, Bears general manager last week, spoke with reporters, and he was simply asked, uh, what is the team's ceiling this season? 
I don't want to put a ceiling on it. Like I love the chemistry of this team. I love the makeup and character of this team right now. We can, we, I can already feel it. I felt it throughout camp. Um, I love the way this whole thing's coming together. I love our coaching staff, and now we just got to prove it. You know, I can sit up here and talk about this all day. Now here we are. You know, regular season's approaching. Now we got to prove it. So that's his response. Okay. He was also asked, "What is the best case scenario for this team?" His response. Yeah, I mean, the best case scenario is is to, to win games with the, the roster that we have. We feel like we can. Like you know, we we feel like we've gotten strong in a lot of areas. We feel like we have comp- increased competition in a lot of areas. So, um, I don't know exactly what your question is, but we believe we can win games with Andy, and then grow Justin at the right rate. He doesn't sound overly confident, and maybe I'm reading too much into this cut into this quote. But like he doesn't come out and say, we expect to compete for the division. We expect to compete for the playoffs. We expect to go deep into the playoffs. He just kind of says, yeah, we'll win games and you know, we'll see where Justin's at. Doesn't sound all that confident. And I think he sounds that way because I don't think he knows exactly what sort of team he has here. You know, Deep down, what do Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace believe they have with this Bears roster? What do they really, truly believe they have? And I think that's part of the decision-making with the whole, when do they start Justin Fields? Why would you start Justin Fields week one when you have massive question marks on the offensive line, big question marks really around the whole offense? There are some playmakers, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, a couple good tight ends. The running back position looks pretty solid. That offensive line is very scary. Who knows what they have there? So I I think another thing, you know, component of this is how safe do Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy feel? We've we've heard about this really since that end of season press conference uh, after last year. We don't really know. I mean, the McCaskies gave them an, at least one more year, as far as we know. How safe do they feel? How desperate do they get in the season? And then maybe who knows? Maybe the Bears surprise us over the first three four weeks of the season. And Andy Dalton just looks okay and not great and kind of what we're all expecting to see from Dalton of the offense. Do they really think Justin Fields is a guy, okay, they sit down and have a conversation and say, if we put Justin Fields in right now, he gives us a legitimate shot to make the playoffs with the way this team is playing. Or are the first few weeks just really ugly? Aaron Donald gets to Andy Dalton a whole bunch of times Sunday night. Does the offensive line fall apart against this Rams top-ranked defense? So I don't think it's just... Like, I don't think there's just one thing you can look at when it comes to making this decision about when Fields should start. Should he start week one? When should he start? Should he play it all this season? I think it's the the total overall package of what the Bears look like. You know, they made the playoffs last year. They were expanded postseason. But still, they made the playoffs. But anybody who watched the Bears last year knows, like, they weren't good. There were so many problems with the Bears last year. So you can't just look at wins and losses. I just think it's the overall body of work, how this team looks. How does Andy Dalton look is one thing. How does the whole team look? Is it worth putting Justin Fields in at any point? So I I don't think it's uh, a slam dunk. You should definitely start Justin Fields week one. You should definitely start Andy Dalton week one. Why would you throw Justin Fields into a complete mess if that's what it turns out to look like over the first few weeks of the season? Or does the, does the defense still look good? It's just a few years removed from that 2018 season. Again, missing a couple pieces. Um, but maybe they think they can get back to that level. Maybe Eddie Jackson has a huge bounce back year. Maybe Robert Quinn finally performs to his contract. Maybe Roquan Smith plays at an all-pro level. 
certainly looked like a pro bowler last year. Maybe Akeem Hicks has another big season. Eddie Goldman returns. So this is the optimistic viewpoint, right? Maybe they do play well, and the Bears sit down and say, you know what, if we were to put Justin Fields under center with this offense, with the way everybody's playing, let's just say through the first three, four weeks of the season, Maybe Justin Fields can help us get to the playoffs. Okay, then that's a real conversation. But going into a year where there's so many question marks, I am completely fine with Andy Dalton starting week one. So that's my episode number one rant about the Bears quarterback situation. This next segment is called News and Nuggets. kind of what it sounds like, uh, but we do get provided when I say we, I mean the media, media relations from the Bears and the NFL. They provide just kind of fun little notes and nuggets and milestones that some players might be reaching and they give us all kinds of good stuff so i just figured since i have it when i do these previews of bears games i might as well share it with you so this is news and nuggets news and nuggets the first nugget on the segment the bears opening the season in los angeles for the first time since 1950 That was a Bears victory, 24-20 against the Rams at L.A. Memorial Coliseum. A Sunday night will mark the fourth straight year the Bears face the Rams in primetime. And speaking of primetime, Khalil Mack, 13 primetime games with the Bears, has 11 sacks, 8 forced fumbles, 2 fumble recoveries, and 2 interceptions. One of those was returned for a touchdown. How about Mr. Automatic, Cairo Santos? Remember when the biggest concern we all had with the Bears was finding a kicker just a few short years ago. There was the double doink, and it was like, the Bears just need to find a kicker, and everything will be just fine. Not exactly the case, but Cairo Santos has been lights out. Enters the season with a streak of 27 consecutive field goals made in the regular season. That's a Bears record. The streak started back in week three of last year at the Falcons. Tight end Jimmy Graham needs one more reception to become just the sixth tight end in NFL history to hit 700 for his career. He would join the company of Hall of Fame tight ends Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates as the only three tight ends ever to eclipse 700 career receptions, 8,000 yards, and 80 touchdowns. Did you know head coach Matt Nagy's 9-2 in September games in his three seasons with the Bears? Last year, he and the Bears went unbeaten in September. That was the first time the Bears did that since 2010. And the Bears, on top of all of uh, some of the glaring holes on this roster, they just happened to enter the season with the third toughest schedule based on opponent winning percentages from 2020. They're behind the Steelers and Baltimore. Bears opponents a combined 550 winning percentage. So not going to be easy. They have a very a tough schedule this year, starting with the Rams, a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. So that was news and nuggets. On to the first guest, Jared Payton. Jared Payton, JP, it's football season. I know you're pumped. I know you love this time of year. Oh, KP, how you doing, man? Congrats on the podcast. And, yes, I am so excited right now and ready for some Bears football. Same here. And, uh, look, when we'll get to record predictions. I just don't know exactly what this season is going to be when it comes to wins and losses. I'll get your, your record prediction towards the end of this. But let's start with the obvious, JP. The quarterback situation, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields. I guess your thoughts on the way the team has handled it, um, your thoughts on Dalton Fields, and do you think it is the correct decision to start Andy Dalton week one? Oh, KP, this is such a complex uh, I know. issue and situation that's going on, right? You, I've, I've, had, I've had to think about this because on GN Sports, I was, I was telling Dan during the break, I was like, man, you know, 
as much as I love Justin Fields and I want him to start, and rightfully so, I mean, the young man is the future of this franchise. Um, in some ways, I, I, I'm trying to find a way to be able to trust Matt Nagy to know that he knows and understands what's best for uh, you know this franchise, this offense, and this team, and that maybe you know Justin Fields does need a little bit more time. You know, I'm not there inside of uh, inside the locker room. I'm not there, you know, inside of those meetings and what's going on. But and uh, I'm also wanting to have trust in Andy Dalton that he's a seasoned vet, and there's there's something that you know they see in him that believes that he could be the guy to kind of bridge that gap before you know Justin Fields takes over, but. You know, talking to Eddie Jackson earlier in the week, and some of the guys that are on this roster, they they have nothing but good things to say about Andy Dalton. So, as much as I want the future to come now, I'm I'm cool with with waiting and seeing how this goes. That, that's easy to say though, KP, before a true ball is snapped on Sunday night, right? Like we can say that now because the season hasn't started. But I, I might be thinking a little bit different if Andy Dalton does not have a great performance on Sunday night. And, you know, I'm sitting here looking at going, okay, when is now the clock's really ticking on Justin Fields? Now, to answer another part of your question, yeah, I don't know if, if the Bears went about it the right way. Matt Nagy of, you know, you know, going out and getting Andy Dalton, promising him, you know, the, the QB1 spot. I think if you come into camp and you select Justin Fields and, and this is what you have now, you paid Andy Dalton $10 million for one year, but you go and get the future of the franchise, that it should have been open competition. And let's, let, let's see where the chips fall where they may and see who's the best man for the job. Because when I watched the film over and over of those three preseason games, um, Justin Fields clearly it was the better quarterback out of the two. And um, I, I just think if I was a guy inside of that Bears locker room, KP, it would, it'd be hard to be selling me on Andy Dalton. But some of the guys, like talking to Eddie Jackson, I mean, those guys are cool with Dalton starting off. So eventually, like I, I'm just like everybody else, just sitting here waiting for the time that Justin Fields enters the field for the Bears. I'm saying it's going to be week, week four. Week four, week five. That's week- what I'm going with. All right. We got you on record on that, JP. Uh, you know, it is sort of this fine line, right, of like it's about wins and losses. And if, if I think if you took a poll from all Bears fans, who gives the Bears a better chance to win week one, Justin Fields or Andy Dalton? My guess would be most would vote for Justin Fields. But then it goes back to like how good of a team do the Bears think they have? Like how good does Matt Nagy think his team realistically is? And same with Ryan Pace. Like does Ryan Pace think he has a playoff team here, a team that can compete for the division? I don't know if they know what sort of team they have, and I think that's where some of the hesitation to move and be aggressive with Fields uh, is sitting because I think they don't know exactly what this team is going to be with the offensive line. I, I think that's part of the the reasoning behind going with Dalton, among other things. No, well, because I, I get it, but we're KP, everything you said, I, I'm with you, bro, like totally with you, but you know, being a guy that's played this game for a long period of time, like, I mean, you, you can get hurt just walking out on the field, man. Like, I mean, once you get between those lines, the injury is bound to happen. So, like, I, I get it. That's that's just one of those scenarios that could happen when you play this game. So, yeah, your offensive line is not where it needs to be. And yeah, I think we kind of really saw that in, the, in that third preseason game against the Titans where that – that offensive line, Jason Peters and those guys were all together, um, 
Yeah, I'm surprised because the interior part of the line was never really an issue, you know, for for me. And I, I just I just thought that they would be fine there. It's it's trying to see on those edges can they figure out a way to get it done. So this is my I'm going to flip the script on you, KP. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> yeah, your offensive line might not be at, at where it needs to be, but I'm going to put this back on Matt Nagy, and and I don't think a lot of people are really thinking it is not it's not taking shots at him. This is just being honest. I've been around great coaches who, when your team is having some type of issue or deficiency at some position, you know, I've seen great head coaches figure out a way to be able to to, to tailor things around their strengths. And I think that's what you have to do. So if if it's your way or the highway, then, yeah, things might not go that well if if you're just going to stick by the script and by your book. But when you have that, you've got to switch things up. And so this is going to test Matt Nagy. And I, like I said last night uh, on Jan Sports, I was looking at the camera and I said, you know, we're, gonna, we're watching you, Matt Nagy, because <laughs> this, is, this is it. This is your, this is your you, you got, you, now you've got the quarterback, KB, KP, that you're looking for, right? You've got the quarterback. He might not be starting week one, but you have him now. Um, your offense has been stagnant since you've been here. There's been no balance. And they have to find a way to be balanced. Like this can't. I know this is a pass-heavy league, but we, you got to be able to run the football. And so you got a capable running back in David Montgomery. So yeah, if you are not going to run ISO plays and things in the A and B gap, I can understand that if you're having some issues there. But the best way to do it, but let's run some more stretch plays. Let's one wide zone. Let's let David Montgomery figure out where he wants to go. And, and really help your offensive line out by not having to stay on blocks. So let's switch things up a little bit. If you had a guy like Justin Fields in the game, then you can move him outside the pocket, get him moving a little bit, have to slow down the defense, throw some screens here and there. This is what where I'm seeing that Matt Nagy is going to be tested because good coaches will figure out a way to be, be able to get their, their, their team in a situation to be successful. So, yeah, I get the fact that the offensive line is an issue and question marks, but I'm not buying into all that because great coaching will fi- figure out a way to be able to put things together for a team to be successful or at least have some success because quarterbacks are going to get hit in this game. I don't care who you are. Tom Brady gets hit. Like it, uh, we, we saw even last season what it takes when you don't have a good offensive line in, in KC. I get that to win a championship, but they still – they still found a way to, to win games and to be able to get there. But, yeah, you have to find ways to put your offense in situations to be successful. And if you, that's why this year is going to be a lot of focus on Matt Nagy as a head coach. And this is that year that I've been focused on him more than I'm focusing on everybody else. Well, you mentioned that offensive line. For the fourth straight year, JP, they have to face the man that goes by the name of Aaron Donald. Just an absolute monster, six-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, two questions, two questions. One, is there another player you can remember that got that sort of pass rush from the interior defensive line position? And two, put your coaching cap on JP. How other than double teaming, can you slow down a guy like Aaron Donald? Cause they're going to have to try and do it Sunday night. Well, man, KP, I don't know, man. This dude is, he's, he's on another level. He, he really is. And to see his dominance, I remember watching film on him when he was coming out of college and I was just thinking to myself, like, 
if there was an opportunity for the Bears to get this man, like, man, let's make a run on it. But then I was also, I was listening to some of the critics and people talking about him taking all plays and this and that, and I was like, that scared me a little bit. But to see how he has transformed into the most dominant defensive force that we've seen in a long time, it's pretty special, man. And, yeah, it's tough going up against him. And that's why, you know, double-teaming him, and even with him getting double teamed, he finds ways to get him off of those double teams, shed blocks, and then get to the quarterback. But it's just his presence in the middle of the field that that really just changes how offenses have to play. And so um, you have to give credit to their whole front seven. Like their front seven will, is going to be able to get after it. Um, Leonard Floyd is there. We've seen the success that he's had out in L.A., you know, joining forces with Aaron Donald. So they're, I think the screen game is going to be very critical to slowing that pass rush down. And if you can make it happen, I think that makes defenses have to think twice a little bit about how fast they're coming up the field. So if you can be successful in your screen game with a good pass rush, uh, you can get big, huge, chunk yardage plays, but also explosive plays down the field, which we're talking about 20 yards or more, right? If they can do that, I think that's really one of their best bets of slowing up that that, that pass rush, but also finding ways to be able to help their offense as a whole be a little bit more balanced and, and keep that defensive line in check. And one more Rams-related question for you, JP. What did you make of them dealing for Matthew Stafford? They move on from a guy that they had drafted and went to a Super Bowl with, and then they go with Matthew Stafford. Your thoughts? And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of Matthew Stafford over the years, obviously. I think this is the 21st matchup. Uh, the Bears will see Stafford first time in a Rams uniform. Well, I'm happy for Matthew Stafford because I think it, it you know, we, we know being Bears fans and covering the Bears, you know, we get a chance to see Matthew Stafford twice a year. So we know what he's all about, but let's just be honest here. You know, we're on your podcast, so we got to be honest. He was on some bad Lions teams, man. Like, mm-hmm. yo, like I'm talking about bad Lions squad. And you look at his numbers, so JP. On, I mean, he put up huge numbers while in Detroit I, on some bad I teams. <laughs> Like four thousand yards, yeah. dude! Like crazy! Like it's insane. So for, to see now that he's got—I mean, I mean—he's got Woods, he's got Cup, he's got—I mean, it's just—it's just nasty to see what he's going to be able to do with that receiving core and take advantage, keep, take advantage there, taking shots down the field. Um, it, I think him and Sean McVay have—they're on the same wavelength, and I think that's what probably is going to be scary. But it's a reason why with how good their defense is, KP, that they're one of those teams that's being talked about of making a, a Super Bowl run, you know? And to me, that's where the Bears are trying to get to, right? We're, we're not in that conversation. We're, I think people are hoping that they can make the playoffs. And so this is going to be a huge test out the gate for Matt Nagy and his squad going up against a team that a lot of people are saying, uh, you know, could make a Super Bowl run. Can they shock the world can they make a statement in game one out in LA saying yo the Bears are here we're we're for real we're we're serious or is it going to be the flip side where they find a way to get embarrassed and people the lot the, the screams are getting louder for Justin Fields to take the field like it, it can go either way on Sunday night and I, I'm hoping that you know we see Andy Dalton have some success and the Bears defense get some 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 takeaways and turn those into points. And KP, I don't think we talked enough about that. Like how good is Sean Desai going to, you know, mm-hmm. get this defense? How is he going to have these guys 
anywhere close to where they were in 2018. And I think it comes down to, you know, the front seven, figuring that out. But, you know, not having Eddie Goldman, if he's not going to be able to go, uh, he is a big factor on what they do on the defensive side. And, and, and can they get, you know, can they get Robert Quinn to step up? And what does it mean for Khalil Mack? Because that's going to only help out the back end of that Bears defense and guys like Eddie Jackson be able to roam around and go and get picks and let their athleticism take over. You know, I'm glad you brought up Desai because I'm interested to see what he does with his defense. The one thing I kept hearing from defensive players throughout training camp when they were asked about Desai, I think even Khalil Mack said it was Desai so good at putting players in positions to succeed. Something along those lines. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that's sort of what I kept hearing. And I'm like, well, are they saying the past two years that the defensive coordinators weren't doing that? How far are they from that 2018 team? Um, I'm not sure if you heard any of that, JP, if I'm looking too much into it, but yeah. I just thought it was interesting to hear the players continue to say, putting us in the right position to succeed. Hey, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, because when I was talking to Eddie Jackson, that was one of the things that he talked about. Because my, my, my thing with him was watching film, you know, even last year, there was a lot of times where Eddie was down in the box. And, you know, knowing Chuck Pagano and my history with him at Miami and then, you know, his relationship with Ed Reed in Baltimore and my relationship with Ed uh, and the conversation that I had when um, when Chuck got here at training camp when we were talking about Eddie, I was like, man, tell me about him. He's like, yo, the dude is special, man. He's got special talents. And he started to kind of use him in a way that he kind of used Ed of coming down the box, helping stop the run. And not saying that he can't do it, he can. But I think what makes Eddie special is that his ability to roam and to, to be fast, to get to sideline to sideline and make plays and go and get the football as a ball hawk. And Eddie said, yeah, I'm, we're going to get back to that, that, that Sean Desai has a lot of things that are drawing up for us. But he said something that jumped out to me, KP. He said, he knows us. He knows us. And, I'm, and being around Vic, Tangio, and, and understanding how they were successful in 18, I think – he is. He's going to get back to knowing these guys and knowing his personnel and truly putting them in situations to be successful. And so I'm hoping that we can actually see that. But the, it's going to be a big test once again because we don't really know how this off Bears offense is going to be. That A lot of pressure is going to be put on this Bears defense once again, like it was last season, like it has for seasons before that. And I'm just hoping that the offense can keep up so it doesn't put too much pressure on this defense to have to be lights out like they were early on in last season. And then we saw in the second half of the season against teams that they should have beat, uh, we saw the uh, it was a flip-flop. The offense was moving the ball. The defense was having issues. They were just so tired. They've been on the field all year. So I'm hoping that there can be a balance on the offense and defense because that's the only way I really think this, this Bears team is going to be successful, not really knowing kind of the personnel and and how it's all going to look on the offensive side. All right. One last thing before you go, JP. One breakout player on the offensive side of the ball, one breakout player on the defensive side of the ball for the Bears. Who you got? Uh, Breakout. Who's due for – let's say – let's put it this way. Who's due for a big year that maybe – should we kind of talk about everything? But who who do you think is it? Does Jalen Johnson going from a really good rookie year to like an elite level? You know, I mean, yeah. each side of the ball. Yeah, let me go. I got you. I got you. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to talk two guys. I, I really believe in my heart that in some somehow that the Bears are going to figure out a way. Matt Nagy is going to 
be more consistent at running the football. And he's going to find a way to run the football because he's going to, he's going to see that's the best way to have success as an offense, but that's also the best way to be able to keep your opposing quarterback, especially in a division like the NFC North, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, that is the best way to be able to keep him off the field, run the ball, controlling the clock, also controlling the tempo. So I'm going to go with David Montgomery. I think we're not talking enough about him because we're talking about the issues with the offensive line. I think he's going to energize that offensive line. I think they're going to run the football, and I think he is going to be the main factor. Put it on his back. Let him be the bell cow. Let him run the rock. And I think this year we're going to see a more explosive David Montgomery. On the defensive side, you said the name already. I think it's going to be Jalen Johnson. Um, now the question mark is, like, Kendall Vildor, is he, is he going to be able to step up on the other side? But I think Jalen Johnson, of talking to guys, they're 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 saying he's primed to not only just have a, a big year. We're talking about like one of the, they're talking about like all pro years. You know what I'm saying? So I, I I'm hoping Eddie Jackson was pumping him up, saying like, yeah, this dude is is a beast. Like he is going to be a beast. And and I I, I truly believe that when your teammates are talking about you in that form and fashion, I believe there's something to that. And I think it's going to be a challenge for him because it, not having Kyle Fuller. Now you got to go up against teams number ones. Now you're going to be that be that guy that shuts down one side of the field. He has that ability, but it's going to be tested. But I'm going off of you know having a really good rookie year to going in the second year and knowing that this is your time to shine. I think we really see him shine, and he actually takes advantage of of being that number one guy and hopefully one of those lockdown guys that the Bears defense can really depend on. Man, I'm worried about the other side of the field opposite Jalen Johnson, JP. I'm a little worried, but we'll see how it plays out. Can I get a record prediction from you before we let you go? Oh, man. I, why do you have to do this to me? <laughs> um, I, KP, honestly, man, I have not, I've not really thought about uh, – I'll, I'll say this to you. This is where I'm at in my brain, and I haven't figured it out. I'm going to go – I think this team has – I think they win eight, eight games, eight or nine games is at the most. See, and I feel like mo- like a lot of people are going with the kind of eight, nine, nine, and eight because we just don't know, right? Is this team still a good team with a lot of star players, or is it sort of the defense takes a step back, Matt Nagy's offense doesn't play well, Justin Fields maybe comes in, saves a day on offense. We'll see, JP, but that's why we watch it, and uh, I'm pumped football season is back. Jared Payton, thank you very much for joining me. You can see Jared on WGN-TV, Anchor Sports, uh, 4 and 5 News, WGN-TV, uh, GN Sports. You're, you got a hand in everything, JP. What else should I be plugging before I let you go? Hey, man, uh, just follow me on Twitter, at PaytonSun, P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-U-N, and guess what, KP, man? I'm proud of you, bro. I, I'm super proud of you. I love the podcast, and I'm just honored to be able to be on this first episode, man. I really appreciate the time, JP. We will uh, we'll be in touch. I'll see you at Soldier Field. Talk to you soon. And that's going to do it for week one of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you very much for tuning in. Looking forward to doing this all season long. Thank you to Jared Payton for jumping on. And thank you, a big thank you to Ernie Scanton and Brian Altimer, uh, production guys here at WGN Radio helping me piece this whole thing together. So thank you to those guys. And again, thanks to you for listening. I'll talk to you after the Bears game Sunday. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.